Ryan, Tony, and Chris. We can't guarantee that you're gonna look great, but if you wanna stay in shape, well, you better hit the Chinwits. Welcome to the Jim Wits Podcast. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic. And we are the Jim Wits. So I, I don't know if I'm sure I've asked you this before, but have you watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows? No. It is like probably my favorite comedy in the last five years. That and Atlanta are are probably probably my two favorite comedies that I can think of in a while. It, it's both are on, on FX. Um, it's hysterical. Have you seen the movie? No, no. Oh man, you gotta watch. Uh, oh, you gotta watch it. It's um, it's it's just ridiculous. It's just so funny. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it's not. So basically, it's 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 like a mockumentary style um, movie based around like vampires in Staten Island. So the the original version was um, done in New Zealand. Um, Taika Waititi is one of the was one of the um, writers and actors in it in the original version. Um, in the movie version of it, and then um, they adapted it for you know TV. Um, you know a lot of the same kind of minds behind it, um, but instead of being in New Zealand, it's like they 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 live in Staten Island, um, and it's it's just great. Um, so what where it came up again is uh, I think it's two seasons on FX and um, it's on Hulu. And uh, for Thanksgiving we started watching it. I was like telling my brother about it, and so we watched it and. Uh, after the first two episodes, we were like, we got to just rewatch it. So we've just been rewatching it. So okay. it's like the first thing on my mind. But, but, but like I was thinking, you would love it. Okay. I think you would love it. it it's, it's great. So. Need a new show. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's worth And it's 20 minute episodes, so it gets by quickly. Um, I always say, like, there's, I think episode seven of season one is like one of the best payoffs like I've ever seen on, like, for, on TV. It's just so, it's so great um, that, that, yeah, really, really worth watching. Um, yes, I'm definitely. I'll watch. Yeah, I'll watch for sure. Huh? I'll watch it for sure. Yeah. Have, what have you, have you been watching? Anything recently or not? Uh, not too much. I, I don't. I don't watch. Um, I don't. You know. I don't. I don't watch all that much TV or yeah. or shows, Netflix stuff like that. So, yeah. I just. Um, yeah. I don't. I find one show and I, and I'll watch that. The rest of it, I'm working on something or. Yeah, more just watch or reading or watching random videos of, of anything. Yeah. <laughs> fall, fall, falling down the uh, YouTube rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I probably watch too much, and especially like with like the lockdowns and and being home a lot. Like I ended up for a while just watching way too much TV. I think I've tempered that a little bit Actually, recently. Yeah, but everyone, you know, everyone has. So, but I, I saw something in. Um, going down a, a rabbit hole, social media rabbit hole. It was about something of, I don't know, something, you know, that started with election fraud and just went down some crazy thing. And, it, and it's actually pretty insane when, what is uh, it? when I, I don't remember, it was just a thread, some thread. Okay. I don't even remember what it was on. Um, it's actually pretty nut, nutty when you see some of the stuff that, where where some of the stuff goes like people believing that like trump was anointed by christ oh, and like uh-huh. like it starts going in these i mean it's not the q is it the QAnon stuff no it wasn't that no okay I, it was i don't remember what it, it was just something random oh one person saw this some random voter fraud thing and then yeah. it, it, it and then this discussion in there you know the echo chamber devolved which yeah. i enjoy reading sometimes devolved into just insanity yeah. of being like you know just i just 
why would Jesus anoint <laughs> all the people? To, to I don't anoint. know. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I actually have a funny meme, you know, that, yeah. that, that I, that I want to do. It's like, basically, um, Jesus and the devil are, are bargaining or they're having a discussion and the devil was like, well, you know, you wanted him out, but I told you, you'd have to pay a big price, a hefty price for it. So yeah, no, it's funny. I'm going to make that mean. <laughs> okay. Good, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But this is, this is the, this is the, the important part. So I'm not getting going all political, okay. with, you know, we've been yeah. more political as of, as of late, but someone in the thread said, yeah, truth does, uh, truth does not sell. <laughs> right. And the, <laughs> it's like, they took my slogan, <laughs> they contorted it and, and bastardized it yeah. with their twisted beliefs. So it's like, oh, I read that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. I should, you know what? I should have taken a uh, snapshot of it. Well, I, I mean, I saw some stuff and, and this, this comes from people both like, so it's not really, uh, it, you know, not as political. I mean, granted there, there, you know, a lot of this has become politicized, but um, you know, people that I know that are kind of on the anti-vax side of things of which it's interesting now, because there's definitely a lot of kind of more liberal people who, who are on that side, but I think you're getting a lot of people that are also more conservative that are on that side too right now. But, um, I, you know, th there was somebody basically saying like, don't trust this, don't trust that. And science people are too, you know, they're, they're too obsessed with the, with science and, and that, and you shouldn't trust science either. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, of course I'm going to trust, you know, it's like, you trust the process. Like, obviously, you know, you don't, you want to be careful of like, just simply appealing to like authority but like yeah if if like the scientific pro like the scientific process is there for reason i'm gonna believe that be you know above most other things yeah. um but yeah it's kind of we've gotten to this this point now where yeah like that's the you know it's like i, I don't know i think i think we, we just live in different dimensions um yeah, people live in different dimensions oh, okay I mean, but well the science is a that's a perfect segue to this new product that okay. I want to ask you about. And yeah. what I would actually like to do is maybe have a further, have, have an expert on eventually to talk about this. Because we have asked, uh, we actually don't really know, or we know a little bit of it, but it's actually the process of fat loss. Everyone knows, oh, so you, have a, you don't eat, you know, you eat as many calories, you burn fat. But we actually, and we know that it has something to do with, with turning into CO2, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, like, we, we, it's one of those things like process that if you actually go through like what's exactly happening, still kind of figuring that out. Like, you know, we don't know, but, but for all in attempts, I mean, all, all in attempts, for all intents and purposes, like we understand the cause and effect and how to do it. So, you know, it's just a matter of like, yeah, it's, you know, interestingly enough, like with a lot of science, like we don't know exact all the details, but like to some extent, like we, you breathe it, you exhale a lot of it out as CO2. Um, so that is a, a, a part of it. But again, it's something that actually we're still kind of working out the details. And, and so now comes along this new product. And it's funny because we've just seen there's always new fitness products or, or health wellness products hitting the market. But we've just seen so many of them recently. Mm -hmm. Right. And this product was called Lumen. Mm -hmm. And basically what it claims to do is it, it, it claims that it can tell you whether you're burning fat or carbs. And, mm -hmm. it, and then it goes into a little deeper and, and it, you know, there's always something more that comes along with it and it suggests or it's supposed to suge help suggest ways 
to you know burn fat or to burn whatever your supposedly it goes along with helping you be informed about your weight loss your fat loss journey mm-hmm. and um or maybe it could even be used if you want if you're trying to build muscle or gain weight so apparently what it does is you breathe into it and mm-hmm. it tells you by the type of co2 like what co2 you're burning or you're breathing out, whether you're at that moment burning fat or burning carbohydrates. Uh-huh. That is the, the cream of it. And I'm sure that there's more science. And of course, when you, if, you go to the, if, if you go to the website, they give you graphs of stuff like that, which you know, who knows what that means because graphs always make things look more scientific and they make claims that, oh, you know, the, this is not new science. We know about this. It's new technology, but not new science. And then they'll say before you would have to go to a special, you know, uh, a doctor's office, or you'd have to go to a special lab in order to do this. But now we brought it home. And, um, you know, I, I find it interesting that, that something like this would exist. And of course, it's only a matter of time before more and more things like this exist, which basically try to tell you the process of, your, of what your body is doing. So I, I don't know, I, and I can't, you know, and we don't, we won't know for sure if, the, if they're telling the truth, that the science is actually works, if it, if it works that way, I'm sure there is some kernel of truth in there, or maybe the product is 100% accurate, and it can really tell you um, whether or not you're burning fat or burn, burning carbs. So I just want to get that, that's the, the cream of it, and I just wanted to get your thought on it, and whether some, like, how this product maybe could be used in a, in a positive way, but also maybe if it's something that it, it might get people away from what the, you know, what, what their goals might be or might confuse them. And if um, a product like this is, is, is really necessary. And if, if you think, I know it's a lot that, that this science is really accurate and I know you're not a biologist, but just on, on what you know, if you think that this is, you know, if this holds up, I'm just curious what you think. Um, I don't know. It's, I'd have to look more into it. Um, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah, of course. For a long time. Um, so basically, to determine um, someone's kind of resting metabolic metabolic rate, um, there are a number of ways to do that. In one way, which I we had at a gym that I used to work at that the dietitians used, was a device that you did blow into, and and they're able to you you know using that they're able to determine um, pretty accurately somebody's resting metabolic rate. So. You know, in that way, um, that aspect of it has been around for a long time, and so I don't, I don't necessarily think it, it, it's BS or that there, you know, that that there's something wrong with the science. Um, it seems like the way that this works is is a fairly simple calculation. That like the way that they describe it on my brief, briefly looking at it is like if you're if you're at a high CO two level, you're burning more carbs. If you're at a low CO two level, you're burning more fat. So, you know. I don't know how true or not true though that is. Um, that's something I'd have to look into more. But if that's the case, if you know, if, if higher CO two level correlates with um, burning more carbohydrates, then yeah, maybe you know, it's a fairly simple way to figure out you know what you're burning and or you know how you're burning. So I guess the the question then is you know okay yeah got to look into the science a little bit more and see if uh, if it's true. 
But I think the more important thing is, is really what, what's the value of it at that point? Like I could understand the value of knowing your metabolic rate because that allows you to make certain decisions as far as how many calories you're taking in, um, you know, whether you want to lose weight or put on weight or maintain your weight. Like if you, if you have an, a real solid idea of what your resting metabolic rate is, that, that informs you with enough information to kind of make more, I guess, make more informed choices on your, uh, on your nutrition. But I don't know how this necessarily helps with your exercise. Like it's kind of like a lot of bells and whistles, like a lot of fitness is like, Ooh, look at this cool technology, but how practical is the technology? You know, like what is, what, what are you, what are we going to use it for? So, um, you know, on the face of it, I don't know that there's anything really wrong with the technology. I don't know that there's anything even kind of scientifically wrong. Um, I, again, I, I, I'm not, you know, in one way or another, you know, it, it's, it's based on fairly sound stuff, but then I don't know where, you know, what, how they're extrapolating. Cause I think there's a lot of devices out there that are kind of loosely based on sound science and then they kind of go their own way with it. But, you know, I guess the qu- question is like, what do you do it for? I hate like that. It says like hacking your metabolism. Cause I hate oh, yeah, yeah, that's, using the word hack. Where it says, Oh, for, hack. Your yeah. And, and again, it's like, I don't, <laughs> you know, so, and, and again, like I said, I don't know what, um, what the value is like once I know where I'm at, like what's the value of it again? If it's, if, if I know my resting metabolic rate, awesome. Beyond that, like, I don't know how useful it is. Um, or if it's just more noise, um, that will distract you and, and yeah, it's kind of hard for me to say, um, so that I would have to look into or maybe we, you know, maybe, um, we can try to find somebody who represents them to, to talk to us and kind of explain, walk us through it. Because again, I'm not, it's not good or bad about it. I just, I don't know. Um, and so maybe that would help with, with us kind of figuring out like, you know, maybe this is really useful for people. Yeah. I, I think that if there was a use to it, it would be basically saying, um, if I eat like no, if you monitor what you eat and you say, okay, I've, I've eaten this, and I've done this amount of exercise, right? I'm blowing in. I'm st- seems I'm still burning carbs after this amount of exercise. Now I'm burning fat, right? So it, it could actually let you know. All right, so this is what I have to eat, in, and this is how much I have to exercise in order for me to start burning fat with my exercise. But of course, we know the the the, the pitfall that comes along with that is that you, you really don't burn. You, you don't exercise your fat away. Right. It's like, yeah, if you're, you know, 18 and an elite athlete, right, maybe you can you could do stuff like that. But the vast majority of people, that's just not how it works. So it's it just seems like it seems like sticky science, like something yeah. that could that that there, that might be truthful. But what is, like what is the value? And then and then the, the big question is, how accurate is it from day to day? And it's like the the accuracy of it. And if it's like, could it potentially like, is there potentially some damage where someone's like, yeah. oh, where where someone is like, oh, I'm you know, I'm burning carbs, I'm burning carbs, I'm not burning fat, I'm so I'm gonna, and then they drastically change their diet to try to, you know, no carbs, which, you know, me, you know, all of us, you know, including Tony who's not here, doesn't feel is a long term, um, great way to go about, you know. Uh, you know, choosing a, you know, your eating plan. And so people might start going to extremes in order to get this device that tells you whether or not you're burning fat or burning carbs. And it just seems, it, it seems like sticky science where there, there might be a good use for it, but really it's just, I mean, 
I, I think a good a good word for a lot of noise. Yeah, I I I think I want to be careful because we don't know how good or bad the product is. I think we're always skeptical about fitness, the fitness industry in general. That you know, a lot of people market things again based on kind of they, there'll be a, a you know some somewhat scientific or pseudo scientific kind of base, and then they extrapolate beyond you know. Be way beyond whatever the science really was. Um, and I don't want to necessarily assign that to this, um, but we just need to know more. Um, and I just don't know how valuable it is because again, it gets you, again, it's noise. Um, but we don't know. And it's something that we should probably revisit um, either going through doing more research or getting somebody who represents them or who, who doesn't agree with it um, to kind of talk, talk us through what it is and, and kind of how it's um, useful. Because the, you know, when one product comes out, if it has some level of success, you know that there's going to be a million more that come out, and so yeah. it's just interesting to know if these types, if, you know, these types of products are going to be here to stay. But yeah, all right. So I wanted to ask. So I want to ask you something, and I think that um, it's you know fairly obvious exercises that you can do at home without any equipment or with ver- or minimal equipment. Mm-hmm. And so everyone knows, all right, you could do push-ups, you can do a bunch of ab exercises, you can do burpees, you can do this, you can do that, right? But that doesn't mean you're going, you, that, that doesn't mean they're organized in a way that's actually going to give you a, a good workout. And I found that if I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to do a bunch of push-ups and I'm going to do some squats and a bunch of jumps, stuff like that, I wind up, th- this is what I wind up doing. I'm, I, I put the television on and I'm watching something and then I'll do a set. And then I'll go check my phone. I'll watch, uh, you know, I'll watch whatever I'm watching, you know, then I'll do a set and it's not organized at all. Mm. So I I found a solution that, that worked well. So I was wondering if you like, and we've all had to do some home workouts and some home exercise. So I just want to get your idea of, of, of a good way to organize some of some exercises. We all know the exercises, but that doesn't mean we're going to do them or it doesn't mean we're going to do them efficiently. So, and then I'll tell you uh, a couple of things that I've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, especially now that it's getting cold, it's kind of working out out. Well, depending on where you are, if you're like on the East coast, um, working out outside is becoming less and less of, of a realistic option. So, uh, it, you know, it, it's hard, like organizing the workouts. I always find, um, when you're in a setting where there are a lot of distractions, um, the key to kind of focusing is, uh, and again, this doesn't work for everybody, but I think one key is, especially if you don't have like a dedicated like gym, you know, if you're somebody, you know, and, and, and that person's probably not going to need this advice, but, but um, you know, one key is making it as efficient as their gyms right now. Yeah. No, no, I'm saying a dedicated gym in your house. Like if, if oh, you're like, if, yeah, if you have a house, and you got a gym a room that's a gym and you use it, you're probably not going to need me to help you organize your workouts. Right. But if you're, if you're like me in my apartment where I don't really have a space where I can dedicate to working out. So I just have to carve out a little area. Um, that becomes a little bit more challenging. So what I would say, you know, the tips are, I guess one thing is being efficient. 
So, you know, realizing that you probably got to maximize your time. Like, you, you know, you time, like you don't have, most of, most of us aren't going to have a lot of time to spend exercising and at home where there are a lot of distractions, you want to do something that you kind of get as much bang for your buck as possible. So you want to try to do something where you're minimizing rest time. And so you could do that by doing like hit style workouts. So, you know, on one hand, you could just do stuff that's really, really, really intense um, and over short with short rest periods and you get that done within 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, you can organize it like a circuit. So, you, you know, you do one exercise after another exercise after another exercise where you get little rest. And if you're doing a circuit, you know, try to alternate, you know, do like an upper body exercise then a lower body exercise, then maybe a cardio exercise, then go to the abs and then go back to the upper body. So kind of organize it in a way that you're not killing like one region of the body. Um, you could do like supersets. So if you do have like dumbbells or, or even if you're doing body weight, like that you're doing like, let's say, you know, an upper body exercise and a lower body exercise and alternating between those. Um, so I would just say like when, when you're organizing your workouts, you're trying to do it in, with it in mind that you're, you want to minimize rest periods. So instead of like doing an exercise and resting, do one exercise. And then after you're done with that, do something else. Um, that way you're, you're, you're being just more efficient with your time because, you know, you better off getting, you know, a hard, solid 20 minutes of exercise than, you know, an hour and a half where you're, you know, kind of haphazardly doing it and then you get distracted and walk away. So that would be my biggest advice for me when it comes to like, exercising indoors. Um, the other option though, is then using some kind of a digital, um, assistance, whether it's an app or a virtual trainer or, um, you know, some kind of a device, something that's going to digitally kind of motivate you and keep you organized with the workout. So, you know, that's my advice. I think if you're, you know, when you're doing it and and that's what I'll do is like, I know myself and I know that if I'm not you know, I, I don't have a lot of motivation to work out indoors. So I got to do something that's going to be quick. It's going to beat me, you know, kick my ass quickly. And then I can go on with my day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that, um, yeah, the, the going from one exercise to another is, is very valuable. Uh, and if you do do a rest, do a timed rest, right? Get a, get a, uh, you know, an interval app, very, you know, they're free right? You can download, you know, anyone can have one. So I find that to be ex- extremely valuable. And I find that I stick to the workout much better when before I start doing it, I say exactly what I'm going to do. It's like, okay, so I'm going to do one minute of burpees, 30 second rest, one minute of jump rope, 30 second rest, one minute of, uh, say, uh, a plank, one minute, you know, 30 second rest, and then a minute of uh, some sort of jump. So, you know, something like that, or uh, maybe push-ups if I can, I'm, I'm still nursing, uh, you know, a pectoral injury. So I'll do, or I'll try to do as many pectoral, you know, um, push-ups as I can. Right. And then I'll modify them if I have to. So something along those lines. And I say, I am going to do four sets of that. Right. And I'm not done. And I have to get four sets done. And I set the timer. And then I say, okay, when I'm done with it, maybe I'll give myself a minute's rest. So everything is completely mapped out, which is you know, basically what you were saying. And when everything is mapped out, you're going to follow it a lot. There's a much better chance that you're going to follow it than if you say, all right, I'm going to try to get in 100 push ups. Right. I'm going to get in this. And then you'll wind up, you know, you'll do 20 and then you'll get on the phone and you'll text your friend and you'll, you'll, you know, you'll do this, you'll, you know, you'll, 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 ch- you'll check social media and then you'll come back and you'll do 15 and then maybe you get to the, your final destination and maybe you don't. 
Yeah, so. that, that's a good point you, you brought up. Because um, I didn't even mention that. But like organizing your workouts before you start is actually a really good thing. It's kind of like when I you know talk about diet, a lot of times is like the more prepared you are, the more likely you are to stick to it. So if I, I make a plan of like, here's what I'm going to eat today, or here's what I'm going to eat tomorrow, or here's what I'm going to eat the next day, that organization tends to help me stick to it. Um, I, you can say the same thing actually when it comes to um, the diet. Uh, so, I mean, sorry, the diet, so when it comes to exercise is that if you say, you know, here's my workout today and you, you point by point, you put it down, that goes a long way towards you actually doing it. Um, it's a lot harder to give up on it because you're not left to your own devices. It's like, well, it's on paper. So that's actually a really good point that I would, I would recommend anyone do is if you're, if you're kind of organizing your own home workouts and you're finding you have a little bit of a hard time, that's a great way to kind of add to it. And one last thing is to is to for for your you know state of mind's sake is to try to get creative with with things that you have like for instance one of uh, uh, one extremely awesome uh, gym that you can find in any apartment is a, is a flight of stairs <laughs> right unfortunately right. Um, not ever, granted, not everyone has a flight of stairs. Sorry about that. <laughs> Some people live in a, in a one-story house, but uh, if you're in any sort of apartment or a walk-up, right, a flight of stairs, right, say today, I'm going to do a workout and you can either create your own or find a, a, a bajillion staircase workouts. And that doesn't mean that you need to have 10 flights of stairs to walk up. One flight of stairs, there's so many exercises that you can do on a flight of stairs. It's a, it's a wonderful piece of fitness equipment. I know Ryan doesn't love it, but uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily fun, but you can really get a good workout and it, and it, and it changes it up a little bit. And as we all know that you know, changing things up is, is very often a, a positive, whether it's just to keep your interest, to give you a different, um, you know, work different muscles, different cardio, just things you're not used to. So Maybe maybe I'll have Ryan post a staircase workout one day. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, those are great great advice. Yeah, you 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 shared better information than me on this one. <laughs> so uh, so anyway, so we have an interview today um, with uh, Kaylee Hatfield. She's a trainer and a uh, professional dancer out in um, L.A. Um, and we actually had a really good chat. You missed out, Justin. Um, so um, without further ado, we'll get to our interview with uh, Kaylee Hatfield. All right, so we're here with Kaylee Hatfield. Uh, she's a, a personal trainer and professional dancer. Kaylee, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Great. Uh, you know, it's a little obviously like just the climate is strange everywhere. Um, but you know, doing doing what I can, and I've been trying to trying to stay busy. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Very weird here in LA. Well, you're you're in Los Angeles, right? Yes. So how are things right now? Are you kind of like the epicenter of of um, of all this right now? Yeah, I don't know. It's so weird because in a week we went from everyone was eating outdoors. No, no nothing indoors open, but it yeah. went from that to we were then on a curfew to stay at home to then a even stricter stay at home. Yeah. But then when you read the fine print, all of a sudden it says, you know, like I could still go to Marshall's. I could still go to the Grove. So I'm like, I don't well, I feel like everyone here is very confused, but yeah. just trying to stay as healthy. I mean, masks have been worn literally, I feel like, since the dawn of time at this point yeah. is what it feels like. But, um, you know, just staying clean, trying to stay healthy and do the best we can, as sane as we can, you know? Yeah, same here. I mean, I think we're, we're not 
you know, in, we're in New York and um, yeah. obviously we had the massive spike uh, early, early on um, and mm-hmm. we're, you know, things are trending in the wrong direction, but we don't quite have like the same level of lockdown yet. But, you know, if things keep heading there, um, that might yeah. happen. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's kind of like we're I guess we're kind of in the areas where mask wearing for the most part is has been, you know, people are pretty compliant. Like here, pe- mostly yeah. everyone's compliant with it. Um, you know, it's rare that I'm in a situation where, where people aren't wearing the masks. So thankfully we're in those areas, but it's still, I guess we're in such big population centers that, that numbers seem to be spiking. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like everyone's pretty compliant as as well here, but I have heard like some restaurants don't want to close and I totally get both sides. It's just, it's insane. I feel like we literally have no control over anything. And so it's just, you know, up in the air, but yeah, we always talk about it. it's kind of like an impossible situation because I feel like as exactly. somebody in the fitness industry, I don't want to see any like kind of the you know I don't want to see anything closed and kind of financially I've been severely affected by all of this. But at the same time, yeah. I understand you know if you take a step back, why you know all this is necessary. So it's like you're kind of damned exactly. if you do, damned if you don't. Any decision. Um, I know. Well, so, well, so it's great to have you here on the podcast. And um, what we always like to ask um, our guests before we kind of really get into um, the meat of, of whatever we're going to talk about is, uh, guess, tell us a little, bit, a little bit about your own fitness journey, like kind of what got you to the point that you are in your career, like, you know, and it could be, you know, sports or activities, kind of what, what got you started and how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so I grew up as a dancer, grew up uh, literally since I was six years old, danced my whole life every single day, all day long, did the traveling thing, was on conventions, and decided I wanted to, that to be what brought me to LA. So I moved here to dance and initially, like, right away gained that, like, freshman 15 pounds without actually going to school. And I'd never stepped foot into a gym because I was always too scared. I wasn't allowed to as a kid because I was dancing so much. And, you know, not dancing as much, getting here, eating, you know, what I... I guess, you know, wanted to, I didn't really even really know what was healthy or anything at the time. And so I just, I decided one day I was like, okay, I'm going to make the decision to go downstairs. I was literally just afraid to go to my apartment gym and just, I was afraid everyone was going to know. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I decided, okay, one day I'm just going to go down there. I'm going to walk on the treadmill. I'm going to feel it out. Just, I need to move. I'm like, I was starting to not feel like myself anymore. When I was getting into rehearsals, I was in auditions. I was looking at my body and more focused on that than I was the actual steps. And so I was like, all right, I need to make a change and it has to start with me, you know? So I made the decision to go downstairs and then slowly over time, I was like, all right, I'll pick up some weights. All right, I'll do some other, you know, and just kind of tested it out. And once I saw like the change in my mindset and my, I mean, my body's what actually came last, you know, I started to feel better, I started to feel healthier, you know, my skin cleared up, I was more confident, all those things. And then I was like, well, if I can do that for myself, I would love to help others that have felt that way, you know, change their mindset as well. So I kind of dove in head first. I started doing, I started combining, um, you know, more of the dance elements and the fitness, kind of creating my own style. I got uh, certified as a personal trainer. I was working with a physical therapist. I was working with, um, you know, a private trainer doing dance cardio. So I've kind of been all over the map, but it's all, you know, helped me hone in these last few years into my own unique style that I love to train my clients in and, you know, just make it, make it fun, make it not feel like such a chore, like, oh my God, I have to go work out today. Like you want to work out, you want to feel good. And yeah, that's kind of all around. (laughs) Oh, I lost you. 
Can you hear me? Sorry about that. I put I put myself on mute. Sorry. <laughs> you're good. So, you're good. I um so I have a two part question um that kind of almost yeah. works inverse of each other. So um so with the dance background, I've noticed like just in per, personally when I've worked with dancers as clients that they they tend to be among the best athletes that you'll work with. Um but you know it has its own challenges. So how has your dance background informed your personal training? So like, what have you incorporated that you learned from dance into your personal training? And then as a reverse, what have you learned from as a personal trainer that has then helped you as a dancer? Hmm. Those are good questions. I've never been asked that before. Um, I love those. Okay. So number one, what has dance taught me in the training world? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like as far, just to kind of, connect the body as a whole. I feel like that's one thing you don't think about when you're trying to do an exercise that's like, let's say squats, for instance, you just think, okay, my legs are working. That's what's got to, that's where I got to feel it. That's all I got to focus on. And, and dance, you can't do that. You have to think about your posture, what your, first of all, what your face is doing, your posture, all the way down to your fingertips, all the way down to your toes. And so I'm constantly thinking that and reminding clients when, you know, you're in the gym to focus on everything. It's not just, the muscle working. Even if you're laying on the ground, I think your abs are working. You need to focus on your neck. You need to focus on your posture, your legs, what's happening to your feet and just kind of focusing all of it together. Um, that being said, definitely stamina is also another one. I think that is really important in working out. So I do try to incorporate, um, especially like in my, in my boot camp that I do, we do kind of, instead of, um, instead of like a hit interval style, it's almost like an eight count. Or like a few eight counts, we're going super intense and then you get to breathe, which is similar to a show. I think that's why dancers and why I love it as well. Cause you know, in a show or performance, you're hitting it hard for, you know, that main chorus and then you kind of get to chill for, you know, the other, the other parts of the song. So it just kind of flows naturally that way, but it's definitely also discipline. Dance has taught me so much discipline with yeah. myself, with my clients, you know, all of that. Um, so I'd definitely say those those main things. Uh, the inverse. Let's see. What has training taught me in dance? Um. Hmm. That's a good question too. Well, I guess I feel so. Like, have you incorporated anything? Like, what have you incorporated based on what you've learned? Are you still dancing professionally? Yeah. Okay. So, what have you incorporated, like, from what you've learned as a trainer or maybe you haven't? But like, are there things that you've learned as a trainer that you've then implemented into your own training or? preparation as a dancer definitely I, like I said definitely the stamina thing is like 100 I've noticed the more that I've trained um you know with like weights and strength and focusing on like that that hit style of stuff and also mobility it helps me so much when it comes to shows I'm way less winded I feel like my body is stronger all over versus I feel like as dancers most of our stuff is legs and, you know, like flexibility wise and things like that. And so to having, you know, more upper body and more core strength, I feel stronger and more powerful in my movement. Um, I definitely think I learned being a trainer that dance is a lot more mental than you would think. All of it, I think, is a lot more mental than, you know, we actually put put into it. Um, just because, you know, if you walk into rehearsal and you don't, you know, close the door behind you, which I also do in training. And I feel like we all kind of have to do with our, you know, jobs and personal life, but, um, you kind of just have to like leave all that there and just let it out while you dance. And, um, yeah, I really do think like learning to focus on the inside first 
have helped me really with everything. But, you know, dance is a big, it's also a big component because you're performing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we met, talked a little bit in the beginning about, about, um, kind of LA and, and New York and how, how things are affected with, regarding COVID. But I guess, um, what, I guess, what changes have you noticed in the industry? You know, I think, uh, you know, people are pretty health conscious here, but I think, you know, LA is a place where, you know, even those short, periods of time I've been there that people are seem to be even far more health conscious um, and aware of their bodies and, and focus on fitness. So how, yeah. I guess, how have things changed there and what, you know, what is the industry like, you know, in the last, you know, eight months or how, how have things changed over the last few months? Oh, drastically, I feel yeah. like it almost feels like it's not even in like a full on industry anymore. Like I just don't, you know, there's no more castings, there's no more auditions, there's none, none, none of that it is, you know, just direct books and then obviously, you know, get COVID tested and then the whole thing. There's so many COVID reps on on set and it's just yeah, it seems it seems very different, which I guess we all kind of have to settle into like being the new normal, yeah. you know, in a way. I don't know when it's ever I don't know if it's ever gonna go back, but yeah. um yeah, it's just it's it's way less social, obviously, I guess, you know. Like that was one of my favorite things about going to auditions is even though it was a whole day's worth of, you know, standing in line and then signing in and then sitting there and stretching and then dance, hot, cold, hot, cold. Um, I do feel like you get to catch up with everyone and, you know, feel everyone's, you know, vibe and watch people and learn and the whole thing. And now it's just like, all right, you're on hold. Okay. You're released. All right. You're on hold. Okay. You're booked, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. And so now, have you found that that um, your like has personal training been like the primary thing for you, like like you know since since it started? Yeah, I feel like once I kind of made that decision to go all in, because that's that's my personality. If I'm if I'm gonna do something, I'm like zero to a hundred. Once I kind of did that, that um, it it the universe came came back to me. So I got I you know I've had a lot of clients, especially during you know COVID times thankfully it's been amazing everyone has just wanted to switch you know to zoom sessions and continue that way and you know now now i feel like everyone's more focused on health you know more than ever so it definitely has has helped um you know it's all it's all really about balance because dance yeah. just brings like you know it's just so so fun and brings my personality back yeah. so Luckily, there's you know TikTok and all those things yeah. now. We get to dance at home. <laughs> yeah, oh god, I haven't even. I, like uh, friends have been saying like, am I? Am I what my co-host is like, we got to get get on TikTok, and I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I was so resistant. Yeah, I just started, and it's yeah. a lot. It seems like it's something that if you get into it, it would be fun. But it's yeah. just the the thought of getting started in that seems like yeah. A lot. That's exactly how I was, and I just started. I did like one of the Ariana things, and then um, the Meg the Stallion. I just like the body challenge or whatever, and. It's not as easy as you like it's you know you would think. It's fun learning it and doing it just like you know from a dancer perspective, but yeah. I still have no idea how the app works. No idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like, like I, I realized my age when like with now she's getting ahead of me. Like I always felt right? like I was ahead of the curve, and yeah. like, I'm like, all right, this, this is a step too far. I think I'm a little right. I think I'm getting I'm getting a little older now. <laughs> I feel like a grandma. I'm like, uh, yeah. what is this? this TikTok? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> So, so now what about, so what's changed in the fitness industry? Like how have you, how, like what, I guess have, are people as physically active in LA, would you say? And then how have you adapted your own business to, to the new, this kind of new normal? I do feel like 
people are maybe not outside more, but I'm definitely seeing a lot more people, you know, running. I'm seeing, you know, people around our apartment, you know, out, out on our balconies and doing things like that. So I don't know if it's, if it's more, I'm just kind of more aware now that we're, you know, stuck inside and stuff like that. Um, but I do feel like there's a lot of people keeping, you know, keeping up, trying to go on walks. I see everyone, you know, running with their masks and things like that. Um, so it, do, it does seem like a lot of people are still here, but it's also because it's still warm. You know, it's December and it's nearly 80 degrees out today. Yeah. So it's, that's totally different. I can only imagine what it's like by you guys when yeah. it starts to get cold. That's what I have clients like in Boston and Canada where they're like, so what do I do? And yeah. I'm like, all right, let's get up and go for a walk. Like try to do, you know, try to do your apartment stairs if you can. Yeah. And just things like that. It's, it's hard. I can't imagine what, you know, that's like, but business wise, like I said, everything's been pretty good. We switched to zoom and, you know, the mask life for those, you know, that I did have in person, um, you know, for my boot camps and stuff, I've got everyone, you know, we're in the park. So everyone's got their yoga mat, you know, very spread out. We've got, you know, checking everyone's temperature, stuff like that. You know, all of us are getting, you know, COVID tested like often. So it's just, it's more precautionary, I guess. Um, and then the private gym that we were training in, it's, uh, just extremely clean, you know, which is great, but it's also, it makes me think like, Hmm but did we were we not that clean before yeah. like what you know just yeah. weird that now that's you know our literally our new normal and probably our normal forever yeah but, now are um, so have gyms closed down like are, are gyms part of the new shutdown in, in la or like what's so is like kind of just basically all, any exercise has to be outdoors right now yeah that's kind of where it is right now i don't like i said i'm so confused with this literally as of last night they were like everybody needs to stay at home but then when you read like deeper it was like non-essentials are still open so it doesn't yeah. seem like it was in march when like you couldn't go to target you couldn't yeah. go or like whatever was essential you couldn't go to yeah. you know so yeah everyone basically i see so far is you know outside doing their thing i know they have like the reformers and everybody's outside yeah. and there's a CrossFit gym up the street that I see, you know, they've got their, their barbells and stuff out there, but yeah, you know, that's it is what it is. Make it work. benefit of being in LA. Cause like here, um, right? you know, we've, cause so I've never been much of an outdoor workout person, but I do like, I, I do Muay Thai. Um, and so for cool. doing any kind of like boxing or kickboxing, I really right. wouldn't want to do it indoors. Um, so once lockdown started, there's a group of us, our gym actually closed for good, but mm -hmm. we will meet, we meet a couple times a week and we train in the park and we're getting to that point. Like yesterday it was like 30, I think in the morning. And so Ooh. we're, we're kind of talking like we're, we might be at that, at we're, we're approaching that limit of we can't do the outdoor workouts. And I've noticed yeah. it like there are a lot of people working out outdoors up until about thanksgiving so i'm sure some of it had to do with the holiday but also a lot of it was just it's just getting cold so now you're you're seeing yeah. a lot you know fewer people outside than, than totally. we're seeing and it's darker ago. early too yeah so i'm that not too. calling bed at five <laughs> yeah that's like, the thing is here, here it's like it's dark at like 4 30 in fact right now i'm looking outside it's it's pretty much dark and like you know for me to exercise when it's dark it's just kind of tough it's kind of really hard to get motivated so i think we're seeing the the change here but luckily for you at least you have like decent weather to, to yeah work with. yeah i know very lucky yeah so so now i guess so getting to covid and exercise um so there's some data showing like declines in, in um it declines in health related to covid so like what are what are exam what are some examples um 
like, you know, of um, why, why is it affecting people, you know, in certain populations more? And, and what do you think is happening? And then third, I guess, what can people do to kind of correct it or to kind of uh, fight against it while we kind of wait for a vaccine? I, I've, I've definitely noticed a decline, like even clients that have had it, you know, coming back in, it's so hard for their stamina, you know, they're, they're completely winded. Cause I, I know it's a lot, you know, obviously with the respiratory system. So it's a lot to always come back. Um, it's still wild to me how much we don't know about this. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's so many, I had quite a few friends that have had it over the time and everyone has different symptoms. Yeah. You know, everyone is totally from different backgrounds, different, different health places in their health journey. Like, you know, it's just, it's all over, all over the place. But I do think staying active, drinking water, staying up, you know, on your uh, vitamins and your, you know, essential macronutrients, trying to keep that as healthy as you can is, you know, one of the main things that's going to keep everybody healthy. Obviously, you know, the same thing with say washing your hands, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just so, it's so, you know, overwhelming across yeah. the board, how different it is. So yeah. I, same thing. I just try to tell clients like, just move, move yeah. often, stay, you know, cause we, we underestimate too. I think the, you know, walk from your house to your car, from your car, you know, to the parking lot inside, like that kind of thing. So it's just very weird how much you, we've noticed how much we're not moving. Yeah. And I, li- I literally think that's it. I'm like, just going from your bedroom to your couch is not enough in the day, yeah. you know? And once you, I feel like everyone's like, oh, once I get to the couch, it's almost like when you get home from work, you're not going to go back out to the gym. It's like, yeah. no, once you get up, you have to set that intention set your alarm, put it on your calendar, even if it's like to open the window a bit, get some vitamin D in, get, you know, breathe some fresh air and stretch. Even a stretch is better than just nothing, you know? That's kind of what I'm trying to tell, you know, everyone to do and just go for a walk, do little things around the house. Obviously, I would love for you to do one of my at-home workouts, but if that's not going to be it, then let's at least get some movement in there. You know what I mean? So it's, it's hard. Yeah. So, so actually, it's kind of you mentioned some things, and maybe if you can expand on a little bit, that was kind of my next question: is how you know that I think this kind of lack of motivation due to COVID has been a big thing. And so, yeah. What what some strategies? I know you've mentioned a little bit, but like, what are some strategies that you you've used with clients to kind of manage that? Because I found myself both personally exercising mm-hmm. and with with friends and with clients that that's been a huge challenge I've just been I just have had zero motivation to work out um yeah. when I work out it's great I feel good I'm happy I did it I mean that's kind of right. a common thing but that, that's kind of been common with my clients like as a trainer I'm used to hearing that like the yeah, person yeah. doesn't want to do it and then when they do it they feel fine but Always, I'm finding yeah. I have that myself and I know plenty of people and I have clients that are having that have the same issue and, and you alluded to that as well so I guess what yeah. strategies do you use to kind of get people to kind of fight that just lack of motivation um and just apathy uh towards exercise that seems to have kind of permeated everything and everyone yeah i definitely say get up chug water that always gets like your kind of your system moving like if you can get sunlight amazing fresh air even better um but i think it's hard because i know there's this balance too with being kind to yourself right now and like not pushing it over the edge but also pushing yourself enough to get you moving. You know, there's like that fine line. 
And so it's like, okay, it's okay to miss a workout, you know, here and there, even two days in a row, maybe even three, if that's what you know, you, your body is telling you, you need, but don't stay down for too long because objects at rest stay at rest. You know, the longer you go without working out, the more you're dreading it, the longer it takes you to get ready, the harder that workout is. And so I think even if it's little, like 30 minutes a day, you know, wake up and even if it's just, you know, some jumping jacks some squats, even things that are going to make you, you know, just because that's, that's it, right? Like all of us, the, I feel like the hardest part of the workout is getting dressed and getting yeah. started, you know, no one's ever mad that they got a workout in, Yeah. but I love for me, I've, I love to switch it up. Like I do have, you know, a decent set of, you know, dumbbells at home and some bands at home, but, you know, switching between body weight to bands and then someday weights or, you know, if you can go on and take a dance class or, you know, try boxing, little things that you can do at home to make it fun and not so, you know, like boring. I also noticed too, a lot of clients were having trouble um, setting aside the time and like the place to get in like the zone. You know, when you go to the gym, you're like, okay, my phone's away, my headphones are on, I'm doing my thing. But at home, it's hard to do that because you can very easily just be like, oh, but wait, I got to go do the dishes or, oh, but remember this, you know? Oh, I'm watching TV. So it's, it's hard to kind of find that space. And so I have, you know, told my clients, put your headphones on, put your phone on silent, go to a place of the house that you don't really, you know, hang out in a lot or doesn't feel, you know, comfy and relaxing. Get yourself out of that, you know, chill mode and, um, you know, just kind of push yourself, push yourself through the first, if the day, once you're like half 20 minutes into your workout, if you're like, oh my God, I, I cannot push through. And maybe it is, maybe it is the day that you need to let yourself rest mentally. You're exhausted, you know, whatever it is, you're not feeling well, um, give yourself that day, but then the next day, come back again and fresh and let's try it again. You know, just don't get, don't get down for too long. I feel like yeah. is, is people's, you know, vice. Um, but yeah, just, I'm all, I'm all about keeping a healthy mind first and they, they really go hand in hand though. You know, yeah. the more of you exercise, the happier, the more positive you're going to be. And the more positive you are, you want to exercise, you know? Yeah. So it is, you know, kind of a, a balance system there too, but yeah. And then so, you know, with this, with, with everything that's going on, I think there are other people that in addition to maybe not having motivation are just afraid of, let's say, you know, exercising or going to the gym. So how do you manage clients that maybe, you know, or potential clients that are just afraid of, of getting out there and, and, and getting themselves active, whether it be, be it like kind of interacting with people or, or just, you know, general fear? Like, how do you overcome or help people to overcome those fears? That's what, yeah, I, I try to have everyone, you know, stay at home, let's do your at-home workouts. Yeah you know, quick bands. I feel like people definitely underestimate like a body weight workout. But for me, and what I found a lot of clients love about it is you're more focused on the muscles you're working because you don't have equipment or anything else to kind of distract you or for you to focus on, you know, the bench or the weights or the machine, you can actually, you know, you can really push yourself, push yourself hard and try, try new things in that way. Um, you know, I do definitely say if you are going to gyms, you know, wherever you are, grab all of your things and go to one area. That way you don't have to be kind of, you know, walking around and worrying about, you know, did they clean that? Did they not? Like bring all your stuff, wipe it down, work out, wipe it down, put it away and, you know, head home. So I feel like there's, there is things in that way that you can do to, you know, feel a little bit better. Um, I, I, I see a lot of people working out at like the little parks that we have, like the little recreational centers. And I'm always, you know, 
I don't know if they wipe that down. I don't know if black guys wipe that down after they leave. Like those types of things too. Like I would definitely always have a good Clorox bag in your <laughs> yeah. in your pocket. But um, you know, little things like that for yeah. sure. Um, and so I guess the other and so I guess tell us about your um your 30 day workout program. So I kind of noticed yeah. it on your website. So if you can kind of give explain maybe to our listeners kind of how they can benefit from that. Yeah. So it's at home, no equipment needed. Um, it's just kind of how I was saying with the hit interval style, you hit, hit, start your workout. It leads you through every single exercise with a video of me doing it for you. And then it's everything's timed. So whether it's, you know, 40 seconds of work, 20 seconds of rest, we kind of progress through. Um, but yeah, it's just super simple at home, quick 30. I think with, with the warm up and cool down, it's about 42 minutes total. But it's about a six minute of a warm up, six minute of a cool down, full body stretch, everything like that. And then literally just using your body weight. It's so, so easy, so simple. You hit start, you go all the way through and it's really just going to keep you. It's like it's like your own power hour. You know, you get yeah. to put it to yourself, get that confidence back, feel good about yourself and just, you know, really get it in those 42 minutes. Yeah. So now um for listeners that might be in LA um, and then maybe listeners mm-hmm. that aren't in LA, but that would like to work out with you. Um, can you give us like, what are the options and how can people like kind of, how can people, you know, have the opportunity to work out with you, whether it's um, whether they happen to be in LA or if it's virtual. Totally. So actually next Sunday in Poinsettia park in West Hollywood, I'm, I have my boot camp, uh, strong and sexy boot camps with me. Um, they are at 10:30 in the morning. Um, Point City Park, again, LA time. <laughs> and then for anyone that's not here in LA, we are, I do a strong and sexy Zoom workout class every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And all of that is on my Instagram, Kaylee underscore Hatfield at the link in my bio. Um, all that's there. And then private training, I'm definitely open to that as well. I'm doing Zoom sessions and in-person sessions when we can. So yeah. Well, that's on my Instagram and my website, KayleeHatfield.com. Oh, perfect. Well, you an- answered that, the last question, which is, um, you know, how can people find you? So is, uh, no, and first, we talked a little bit earlier about social media. Um, you're, I, everyone kind of has their preferred, like, social media. So for you, is it, like, is Instagram the one that you use the most? Yes, I do push towards all the other ones. Yeah. But, and we're trying TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, definitely Instagram, at Kaylee underscore Hatfield. Awesome. Well, um, Kaylee, it was great having you on the podcast. Um, you too. And Thank we'd you so love to have you on me. again. Absolutely. I'd love it. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. All right. Um, so let's go to, I'll go to the interesting study. All right, whenever you're ready. All right. So uh, I've got an interesting study for you. So before I tell you the results of the study, what do you think the the overall health of gamers would be compared to the general population do you think they're you know the the stereotype is like kind of the fat lazy you know gamer eating cheetos in their basement but are they generally healthier or less healthy than the average person so i have had a um you would think that this is something that i wouldn't have thought about at all mm. and that most people would assume that that gamers would be, you know, really out of shape. They, they're either ordering uh, pizza or fast, eating fast food all the time. They, um, you know, or maybe they're drinking a lot of beer or this and that, and they're not exercising. But, but I have, um, 
in the in the recently rediscovered my love my uh, a love for one of my favorite childhood games. And it's one of the only I, I can't think of anything else in the in the history of the world where something like this has happened. So the the game Tetris, which okay. is the um, by I, I think uh, you know monetary standards the most profitable game of all time. I think I don't know about that. Has, okay, I looked it up. I, I believe it, it is. I believe really? that it, it is okay. even more than um, even more than Fortnite. I, I believe has yielded the most because over the years it's been around for so long has and it's been a part of and part of so many apps and and whatnot and and i'm talking about not just the single game but the franchise because there's many more games that have been associated with it right that it has yielded you know what let's um let's 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 take a look right now and i'll and i'll get to the i'll get to the point Okay, so we're gonna do real time. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, nope, I'm completely. Let's see, I'm completely off. Well, I am completely. Yeah, I'm definitely. <laughs> but let's see. Yeah. Oh no, no. There's been po- I'm, uh, game franchises. Nope, I'm completely off. So I, I don't remember what it was. Okay, doesn't matter. What? Yeah. Well, I, or maybe it was the most. Maybe it was the most games sold. Or something like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I don't want. I don't want to. Um, what the actually highest grossing game is? Uh, is, is Pokemon? Okay. So according, let me let me see. Well, all right. <laughs> I, I I don't remember what it was, but I remember reading something that said uh, that, or maybe Tetris was the most um, distributed game. Maybe that's what it was because it's just been around for so long. But uh, anyhow, getting getting back to the getting back to the to the point. Of, um, of of Tetris, that it it in recent times the original Tetris has become very popular, and now you have many many people playing it. They have a competition for it, and there are young people that have uh, have taken this old game that was made in 1984 85 and mm-hmm. ported to the to the Nintendo in 1989, and they're taking it to new levels and they're playing it competitively, and it's a big thing and it's a huge community and i've been looking at it and they talk to um and they you know they they talk to to, to i forgot who it was a, a a well a, a strong player and they basically asked about the, the you know the fitness levels and stuff like that he's like look if you're not if you can't concentrate if you can't be able to play for hours um whether you're just practicing you're not going to be as good at it so it's important to have a, a, a good diet and to work out because it actually helps you to be a better gamer. So now I don't know about just recreational gamers, but I know. And then and another thing is I was, I, I watched this, uh, this document. What was the documentary recently that came out about the video games? Which one? Uh, it recently came about the history sort of the history of games. I don't know. Oh, it was, uh, I think it's a Netflix. It was really cool. Okay. And there was e, there was E teams. Okay. Yeah. Esports. Esport teams, and the the what they do is they have their members run, lift weights, because they say that this will make them. They need to, the better shape you're in, the better you will actually play an an, es, an esport. Yeah. So I, I'll find out. It's you know it was a famous what was it called? It was the, the fa- it was a famous documentary that just came out in a four. It was like a miniseries. Mm. Oh, what was it called? You know, I don't know. If you haven't seen it, you would love it. 
Maybe I have. I don't know. I've, I've seen too much recently. I know I saw something based on videos, but what, okay, whatever the case, so let's get to this. They said that they, they said that um, you would that that being in good shape it makes you a better gamer. Yeah. Okay. Let's so back to the study. Yeah. So the study was was okay. So it was actually focused on esports players, um, and so esports are basically competitive video game players, for lack of better word like there'd be a certain game and then people professionally play competitively competitively both nationally and internationally um at these games um and so it was uh it's published in the journal of environmental and public health and um it was a survey of 1400 gamers um spread across 65 countries and so what they found was that um between so they were nine to 21% more likely to have a healthier weight compared to normal populations. So this is based on BMI. So you know, give or take, you know, not the best measure, but not the worst measure. Um, they also found that they drank less and smoked less than the, the regular population. Um, and then another, one of the, the more interesting parts to me was they actually found, so, and this goes back to what you were talking about, about the um, gamers, like the, the the documentary and that and them um, training is that the top ten percent of esports players were significantly more physically active than the lower level players, um, and that they actually encourage them to uh, you know the higher levels are actually encouraged to be physically active and they feel that that helps with stress reduction um, and actually kind of increasing their ability to actually play the games. Hmm. Very interesting. So yeah, so no, I just thought interesting study, uh, and maybe I, again, you know, like anything, you take it with a grain of salt because again, we're looking at actual like basically people who play professionally or you know on some level. Um, so we're not looking at like your average. You know, it, it'd be different if we're taking a. It might be different if we're taking a survey of just everyone who plays. You know, two hours of video games a day or something. But it's just also just as usual, like kind of interesting to look at. Um, but again, my, my the thing I found interesting most more than anything was that the physical activity helped the best players. Absolutely. And you see this in other games that are not necessarily physical sports like chess, um, pool, which does require some level of uh, physical ability, although it's a not, you're not, not craziness, but it does require, you're an athlete of sorts. Yeah. And um, uh, artists, you know, visual artists and, you know, and, and musicians, stuff like that. Being yeah. better, you know, being in better health helps you with whatever your, you know, your craft is. Yeah. So it would only make sense that esports would, being in better shape would help with that. Yeah. And oh, by the way, and now to get back to, to, you know, what I had claimed earlier, Tetris is actually the biggest <laughs> selling. It hasn't yielded the most money, but it's the biggest selling game. It has sold, so it's sold the most units. 495 million units okay all right so because enough. it's been ported to so many different systems so that's what it was i'm sorry i made, I made that that claim so yeah that was uh so that yeah that and it, it, it is very interesting because you would always think of you know gamers out of shape but yeah. you know what this is you know this, this is 2020 soon to be 2021 we know a lot more about health now and yeah. and it's it's out there and so people know that if you want to be better better in life at anything, being in better health helps. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So no, it's good. Always fun to 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 look at how you know these these studies and kind of how they relate to to what's going on. So, 
Uh, we have an in- oh, interesting. Ugh. Let's uh, cut that. <laughs> All right. So we have a new Ask the Trainer. So Justin, why don't you ask the question? All right. So uh, today's question comes from Tyler. And Tyler, thank you for writing in. And Tyler writes, I signed up a few weeks ago with a new personal trainer. She came highly recommended. I did my due diligence and checked her background references and her previous clients. All of her reviews were great. I started working with her a few weeks ago, and I don't feel like I'm working hard enough. At the end of our workouts, I feel like I could have done a lot more. I tried to address it with her, and she assured me that we were headed in the right direction. Is there a way to tell if a trainer, uh, if a trainer is working you hard enough? How should I approach my trainer? Hmm, that's a good question. Um... As usual, there's a, a few different angles to approach it from. So part might depend on your own fitness level. So I think any good trainer is going to err on the side of caution when they're starting with a new client. So depending on, how, you know, well, if it's a new client in general, you're just going to start a little bit easier. And it's, you know, it's better to start slow and build than it is to, you know, go crazy because you could get injured. So part of it might just be general caution that any trainer should should um, use early on with a client. Um, if after asking the person, you know, if after talking, if you still feel like you're not working hard enough, um, you know, I guess the question would be, you know, to maybe get a little more detail from the trainer. Why is it that you're not feeling, you know, like, like it's hard? Maybe there's a good answer. Like for me, I always had people talk about not being sore after the workout and that, and that they were mad if they or frustrated if they weren't sore after the workout. And something to consider is like, you know, it's, it's kind of like the pain of effort. So you want to be, you want to feel like the effort that you're putting in is hard. It doesn't necessarily matter if you're sore after or not. You know, I've been in situations where I've worked incredibly hard and didn't feel any soreness. And then I, uh, and then I've been in situations where I, where I did something new that wasn't challenging at all. And I was really sore. So I think that's something to also, you know, kind of consider. So I would talk to the trainer, um, see why maybe, you know, are they, are they exercising caution? Do they feel like, cause some people also look like they're working harder than they really are. So you might want to talk to the trainer about, you know, why is it that I feel like I'm not working hard enough? Um, maybe get some, metrics or ways to measure progress so if there are specific goals that you have make sure you're working towards the goals like no matter what you know you are no matter how you reach your goals um how hard or easy it feels if you're reaching your goals that's all that matters so you might want to talk to the trainer about that um you know i can definitely empathize you know with this being in a situation where i think i'm working somebody hard enough um especially in context or given the circumstances and that person maybe doesn't feel the same. And so you kind of want to try to align your expectations with theirs. Um, but it could also be a situation where maybe, maybe they just, that's not their style. Or maybe, they, maybe you, you are capable of a lot more than they're, able, they're giving you. And so it, it might be important to have that conversation with them. So again, if it's early on, it's probably just the trainer erring on the side of caution, but talk to her and, and see if like, Hey, you know, you can push me harder. I, you know, even again, if there's specific things like I want to do, I can do a little bit faster on in this move or I can do more weight for this. Or I can, you know, try to talk to the trainer as you're doing it about, Hey, can we try to make this a little bit harder? Um, you know, again, I've been in situations where, where somebody's doing something with bad form and they want to do more weight and I have to then kind of be, diplomatic in my language, but kind of say, Hey, you're not doing it. You know, let's do this with good form before we start increasing. So, you know, 
some of it might be just that the trainer's experienced and understands things and maybe they're seeing it from a perspective that you're not. But I would just ask for clarification. So it just might be a bit of a miscommunication and maybe you just need some clarity. Um, that might be it. But, um, you know, again, communicate. Um, or, you know, if you feel after a while, maybe it's just not the right trainer. Maybe, you know, there's somebody better for you. But communicate and then try to, you know, get a little bit more clarification and maybe some metrics, some things to measure. And then hopefully you guys can kind of figure things out. So one thing, yeah, Ryan, I think nailed it. There's one thing to think about is what are you, yeah, what are your goals and, and what do the workouts consist of? Because I could train you tomorrow and make you feel completely exhausted. Like you could do that to anyone. They're just like, you know, you, you know, do a, a ton of sprints and do a bunch of weight that, you know, is maxing you out. And of course you could just do that. But uh, what is she, what is she focusing on? Is she focusing on the form? Like, and how experienced were you before going in? Were you a very experienced weightlifter? Were you really tight with your form? Um, you know, what were your goals? Did you want to do uh, power lifts or were you looking more to just get in better overall shape? So I think that any, you know, a, a, any, tra anyone could just completely exhaust you. That's, yeah. but is, are, are you learning from it? And I think that we we often equate uh, immediate struggle with you know with being good or results and it, it, it's sort of like you know I, I relate this to to my experience as being a teacher where I could teach little Timmy something that look that you know teach him a song that his parents know and he's like oh he's learning he's learning but really I just taught him to physically do it instead of actually really teaching him the fundamentals, something that's going to long-term be much better. So consider that. Are you building better fundamentals when you, you know, that, and, and you need to do it this way. Right. And, and, of, but, of, but of course, look, you know, as, as Ryan mentioned, communicate. And sometimes it takes a little while as a trainer or a teacher to understand your, your student, yeah. your client, your patient, whatever it is. So, and you're just finding that, you know, that, that the proper route for, for them. So some, just give, you know, give it a chance. And if after a little while you're still, you're still not satisfied with it, you know, communicate as best. And then, you know, if you're still not happy, then, you know, experiment with some other, uh, you know, maybe some other trainers. Cool. All right. Good. Well, um, thanks for the question. And uh, if you have a question, send it into the gymwits at gmail.com. We'd love to answer your questions and uh, just keep them coming. All right, Justin. So I guess that is it. Uh, good episode, a long episode, I think, when it's all said and done. Um, yeah, as usual, check us out at uh, thegymwits.com. Um, like, subscribe, review us uh, wherever you find us. We're you know, at almost all the podcast aggregators. Apologize if you guys are hearing my dogs in the background. Uh, one is trying to eat. Um, other ones going a little crazy. We had people you know, running around the apartment. Um, but yep, that, that is it. I'm Ryan George. I'm Justin Guild, aka Chef Sonic, reminding me that truth does not sell. And we are the Gymnasts.